Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. Welcome to travel. Welcome to Brazil. I'm going to try and not cry with laughter when uh, we get to the story about the toucan in the uh, the Avery, I think is I think is what we call them uh, in, in Foz do Iguaçu. It still remains one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, a bit harsh, but yeah, just thinking about it now. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. But we just left Curitiba. Uh, we were heading down to Florianopolis. Um, our, our man in back in Rio recommended that we head down there. He said it's a fantastic place. He said a lot of wealthy Brazilians like to go there. And he said if you're lucky, you might see penguins, which is a bit bizarre because you don't really associate Brazil with penguins. But yeah, we we believed him. Why not? Never seen a penguin before in the wild. So hey ho, anything can happen. The trip to down to Florianopolis was. Interesting for a couple of things. Number one was the fact there's a couple of German places down in the south coast area of Brazil. We stopped in Blumenau for I think it's about half an hour whilst uh, we had a, a little stop. And yet yeah, the architecture, just think Bavaria, but in Brazil. Kid you not. Surprise, surprise, it's an area well known for its beer. Who would have guessed? But it was literally like Bavaria in Brazil. Very strange. Very, very strange. And probably, probably to do with an influx of um, Germans after World War II, but apparently it went back into the 19th century as well. Now, we say Florianopolis. You know, we didn't actually end up staying in Florianopolis itself, but that was where we needed, that was where we needed to get to. Now, we actually ended up in a place called Barra da Lagoa, excuse my Portuguese, which involved going into Florianopolis and then getting two more buses out to the uh, lake, basically. This was probably the best hostel that we stayed at. We were following the initial recommendation from, say, the Airbnb guy in Brazil. Having gone on Hostel World, this was one of the highly, most highly rated hostels in the area so we stayed there for about four or five nights we didn't know what to expect we knew that from looking at the pictures it was quite it's quite remote there was a nice beach a couple of supermarkets in the area a bit of walking that we could do but overall not a ridiculous amount to see and do but not something nice to sort of relax your muscles for a little bit checked in and you know the beach was absolutely brilliant We'd still got these hacky sacks from 2011, so we'd taken we'd taken them round. We'd also got a couple of um, not paddle boards, but uh, it's almost like a ping pong set as such. You, you know, you just keep hitting the ball to each other, and that's what we'd like to do in our spare time. You know, how big a rally can we get? How can we test? You know, how can we test each other? You know, all that sort of stuff. The hostel was cool. There was a couple of days where it absolutely lashed it down. Absolutely lashed it down. It, you know, it was chaos. Pretty much you weren't going to go anywhere at all. But on the days where it was good, one day we went into Florianopolis itself. It's just as you'd expect, I would imagine. A very colonial style, very colonial style town, especially in the centro area. So you could see yeah, the Portuguese influence in the buildings and, and again as with most of brazil 
the street food is amazing. Um, I think it's a Bao de Queso. I think yeah, your Kashinas, your Kibes, your other bits and bobs. The food's good. The street food's good. The people are varied. You've got colonial architecture. You've got, you know, a lot of um, street drinking as well. Uh, when I mean street drinking, I'm not talking alcoholic beverages. You're talking, yeah, 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 acai berries, I think they are. You know, all your fruit juices, all of these sorts of things. A very relaxed way of life. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we were certainly getting used to it at this time. But Florianopolis itself was all right. The other days in Barra de Lagoa, we were hanging out with uh, this Argentinian lady and her American boyfriend. Started chatting with them for a little bit. We sampled mate for the first time, proper mate. So if you don't know what that is, it's, it's almost like a herbal tea that goes into a special container. Uh, you put your bombilla or bombicha if you're Argentinian uh, into, into the drink, you keep topping it up and you just share it around with friends. In effect, it's a very, it is a way of life down there in, especially in Argentina, Uruguay, but also in South Brazil, we found it was quite a popular thing. Apparently, loads of football players nowadays um, rely heavily on their mate as as well. So we experienced that. Apart from that, we just played around on the beach a lot of the time. And out of nowhere, when we were investigating the little, uh, the little river, that runs right next to the town. Uh, believe it or not, kid you not, we saw penguins, Los Pinguinos. There were actually penguins there. Beats me what type of penguins they were, but not able to remember that. But there were penguins. Yeah, you're in Brazil, it's 23, 24 degrees. You're on the beach and there's penguins just swimming around, happy as pigs in the proverbial, having a great time. Unbelievable stuff, unbelievable stuff it was. Uh, just crazy, crazy, crazy. And as the first time you know, we saw penguins in, in the wild, it was definitely an experience, to say the least. The slight disappointment, the only slight disappointment for this is being big football fans, uh, we, one of the evenings when it was, you know, the weather was horrific, uh, the hostel people had put on a game of football, so anyway, and most of us were having a few beers, hostel was packed, we're having a few beers, we're having a laugh, watching this football. And um, we're looking at the team, we couldn't quite figure out where the team was, where this team was playing. We're not sure where this team was playing at all. Turns out after the game, once we'd uh, Googled it, it turns, <laughs> it turns out they played in Florianopolis. So uh, gutted, we could have, we could have gone to see another Brazilian league match in, in the butt end of nowhere, but it wasn't to be. We completely recharged our batteries. Now we knew that Foz de Iguazu was calling, then therefore we departed Florianopolis, headed over to Foz de Iguazu. Something to bear in mind that with all these trips, unless it's stated, these are all by bus. The bus network in Latin America is very, very good. It varies from country to country. Spoiler alert, Mexico's probably got the best bus system out of the lot. But the buses are relatively inexpensive. They're relatively safe and they're relatively comfortable. Can't really ask so much more than that. Now, Foz de Agarso is a cool place. 
there are many ways that you can do it and it actually depends on the country in which you're doing it from it's a massive massive set of falls you can see it from the brazilian side which is quite popular or you can see it from the argentinian side which surprise surprise is also quite popular for memory with the argentinian side you can go a lot lower you can actually take a boat uh, onto the uh, Iguazu River itself and, and look up at all the waterfalls around you. Whereas on the Brazilian side, you are pretty much looking down on the falls. So that is the key difference between, between the two. We've spoken to people um, that had done the Argentinian side and they said it was fantastic. We've spoken to people that had done the Brazilian side and they said it was fantastic. And we just decided that as we're going to be in Brazil, we might as well just, you know, whatever, do it from the Brazilian side. So that's what we decided to do. Foz is, is an interesting place. A reason for that is if you look at one side over the Parana River, you will see uh, Ciudad del Este, which is in Paraguay. We, wouldn't, we knew that we were going over there in a few days anyway. So you can see one side of the river, you can see Paraguay. And you know that at the, the southernmost part of Foz itself, and you would have the Iguazu River, you would have the falls, and then you'd basically be looking into Argentina. So it was a very, almost, um, you know, interesting, interesting place. Foz itself is, as a place, not, not really a lot to talk about in Foz itself. But a couple of things happened there that need to be shared. Number one, we don't always get into the habit of overeating and apologies to vegetarians and vegans here, but going to a Redicio in Brazil is a delightful experience. You pretty much, you walk in, you sit down at a table and you've got, uh, you know, waiters, I forgot the word, but you've got waiters that literally come around and will just serve you meat. They'll put it on your plate, you're talking, you know, you've got your chicken, your sausages, yeah you know, fillets of beef, you name it, these things are on big fat skewers. They come round, put the meat on your plate and you just keep going and keep going and keep going. You've got a salad bar normally in the middle and you normally have a, a dessert bar there. Uh, you turn up, you pay your price and in Brazil anyway, you can just sit there as long as you want. So we turned up, we'd done a bit of mathematics, we figured out that going to a Rodizio would be about eight pounds per head. Well, that's, that's, that's decent value, decent value. So we got in there, sat down, started off with a bit of salad, a couple of glasses of water. Three hours later, we were, we decided to leave. Now our hostel at the time is about four or five blocks away from where we'd gone, this Rodizio. And it took an hour and a half to walk home. We had eaten that much that it was incredibly painful to walk. So much so that every block we had to sit down and have a breather for 10, 15 minutes. It was, yeah, look back on it, kind of laugh and go, that's a bit daft, isn't it? The quality of the food was bonkers. The value for money, incredible. And yes, incredibly gluttonous, but if you've ever been in that situation before, where you know you've overeaten, you know you've done these things, 
yeah, took took about an hour, hour and a bit to get back. Five blocks, and not big blocks either. Onto the falls themselves. So we booked a a semi-guided tour that included getting a bus down to the falls, having a walk around like a museum, having a bit of information about the falls. I got down there and you get off the bus and you, you can hear the noise. You don't know exactly where it's coming from, but you can hear the noise. It is scintillating. That noise is scintillating. It's, it's almost deafening. You walk down these paths. You, can, you know it's there. You're going up and down you know, a couple of minor hills. And then out of nowhere, it just opens up. You're at the, the Aguasi River. You can see these falls all the way around. It's, it's a remarkable thing to see, but also it's a remarkable thing to hear. We just followed the, the guided path, which is what most people were doing. We followed the guided path. We went straight down pretty much into, pretty much into the river. So the falls went down, leveled out for a little bit and then went down again. So we weren't at the very bottom, we were right in the middle and you could walk across this wooden platform um, in, into the middle and it's called the devil's throat and with good reason. You walk down into it, I mean, you're surrounded by water so you're getting sprayed left, right and center, quite literally. The noise is deafening, as I said, it's, it's like listening to permanent massive rumbles of thunder so you kind of lose your senses being you know in and around the falls you're sprayed with water from each side so if you're going to go take a poncho at least don't bother really too much about technology unless you've got waterproof technology because it's just going to get absolutely soaking wet you've got multiple rainbows you know on each on each side because of, of the way that works it's yeah it's absolutely brilliant. And a lot of people have said when we were there, uh, people that we'd met that had been to Niagara, falls up in you know Canada, USA, people saying that hands down, Foz is much better. Just not as many people know about it, but hands down, it is much, much better. There's no comparison. Foz is the best. We were at the falls for about an hour and a half, hour, hour and a half, taking in the sights just you know the marvel of nature itself was incredible there was a point we didn't see it but we were quite close to it it's um called the Marco das Tres Fronteras yeah Marco das Tres Fronteras uh, so it's the three points I mentioned before one side of the river you have Argentina we're on the Brazilian side and there's a point where the Iguasi River feeds into the Parana River and that's where you can see Paraguay so there is a point where you can see all three countries from one vantage point you know we didn't go to that particular place but you know we were we were quite close on the way back from the falls there was a chance to go into a very big aviary loads of different birds all this sort of stuff you know we were talking with bird handlers we were you know, having a macaws sit or macau macaws whatever you want to call them you know they were perched on our arms all of this sort of stuff, and that is, that is pretty cool, going around there. But we've gone into 
we got in here and yeah, we're slowly walking around. We, you know, we like to be respective. Uh, sorry, we like to show respect to wildlife. And this is where the toucan comes in. We like to show respect to, to wildlife. So, you know, if you can get a picture with, with a bird, happy days, that's always nice. No complaints. But, you know, you don't want to you know, go running after them and scare them. It's pointless. There's absolutely no point in doing that. So about halfway around. Out of nowhere, this toucan flies down and it sits on uh, it sits on the handrail. It's having a look around. It's been a bit shifty, but it's having a look around. It's not really scared of people, which is good. You know, we like that. You, you, know, you like to be able to get as close as you can respectfully to, to nature. So it's not scared of people. It's just sat there. It's looking around. It's looked at me. It's looked down. It's not really bothered. So he said, well, yeah, let's try and get a photo of the toucan. You know, we don't need to touch it, just you know, angle the photo properly. Let's get a photo of the toucan. Edging closer to the toucan. I've got my photo of the toucan. Toucan's then posed well for Aaron, so I've taken a photo of Aaron and the toucan. Still looking at us. Is it, again, it's a Mexican standoff. We're looking at the toucan, the toucan's looking at us. And out of nowhere, this, this kid, a small kid, man, six or seven years old, couldn't have been much more than that. He's with his parents. He's kind of barged through us to, you know, as kids do, they get excited. They want to go and, you know, touch and play with things. His kids kind of barge through us, taking us by surprise. And he's gone to, you know, he's gone to play with the toucan, basically. Disturb the toucan. So we've said, like, I have a big family behind us, sod it. Let's, you know, let's walk off. So we've, we've slowly walked off. And this, this kid's made a move for the toucan, and the toucan's flown off. <laughs> but <laughs> what the toucan's done when it's flown off is basically taken a shit. <laughs> and we heard the toucan fly off, and we've looked round, and <laughs> this kid, oh, this kid is covered in shit. <laughs> Absolutely covered in shit. He's, I mean, it's, it's in his hair. It's in his eye that poor, poor guy's got pink eye. <laughs> He's got pink eye. Ah, uh, uh, so that it's taking the shit. It's in his hair. It's in his. It's in his eye. It's dribbling down into his mouth. It's like, oh, <laughs> the kids started crying. Um, you know, his his mum was trying to clean him up, and we had to walk away because we were crying. It was <laughs> absolutely hilarious. And we <laughs> we said the same thing to each other. You know, that's what you get sometimes if you try and mess around with nature. You know, show it some respect. And so <laughs> that kid, oh dear, that kid would have learned a very uh, very difficult lesson that day. Uh, yeah, just looking around and seeing you know this kid with pink eye, and it's he's crying, and then because he's crying, his mouth's open, and the shit's running into his mouth. <laughs> oh, it's absolutely vile. Uh, it's absolutely disgusting. So, um, yeah, really, 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 really not good. It's uh, funny as fuck. That that was Falls Blue Grass here. Our, our time in Brazil had come to had come to a close. We knew that the following day we were going to attempt to uh, go across the Friendship Bridge, the international Friendship Bridge between Brazil and Paraguay. We'd also been quite lucky because in it might have been in Florianopolis, it might have been in Foz. We'd randomly gone on to a website called Soccerway, 
which gives you, you know, football fixtures from, you know, around the world, lets you know what's going on. And we had, in the midst of the World Cup being played, the, the uh, primary club tournament in Latin America, which is a Copa Libertadores, that was reaching its conclusion. It's reaching its conclusion. And of all things, we saw that in the semifinals, uh, San Lorenzo had beaten whoever they'd beaten. They're from Argentina. But the other semi-final was between some unknown team that I'm not able to remember, but a team called Nacional, who played in Paraguay, who played in the Central. So us being us, this is what swayed us to head over to Paraguay. Could Nacional win in their semi-final? And could we be in the Central for the first leg of the final between Nacional and you know, San Lorenzo, could we be there? We could actually be there. Now that's a coincidence, that'd be cool. I think Nacional had won the first leg. So the chances were that it was likely they were gonna progress, but we were keeping an eye on it. And that's why we decided to head from Foster de Iguazu into Asuncion. But rather than head straight there, we decided to stop off in Ciudad del Este, which as we found out is one of the most dangerous cities in the world. So join us next time where we might make it to a Copa Libertadores final in Asuncion and we also might make it, yes, well that's if we were to make it, out of Ciudad del Este. Join us next time for Paraguay. Till next time, hasta luego.